are listening to Fanholes, a podcast for fans by the fans. Secret Brothers. I have clinical. You guys are like wasting my time right now. Hey, baby. What's going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I didn't invent honorable mentions, mister. <laughs> I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. I'm a woman! <laughs> it is our show. It's called Fan Holes, not, you know, what you guys want. <laughs> <laughs> We do a podcast? What the fuck? Benjamin, my sensors indicate that Fanholes, the pop culture podcast made for the fans by the fans, is about to commence. Eh? What are you waiting for, Harvey? Go get Stretcho and Susie. I will alert Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Girl immediately. Can I trust that you will be able to tune to the right station? Hey, what's that supposed to mean, you floating noodle-arm toaster? You think I ain't smart enough to find the fan holes? I have calculated that even your level of intelligence is sufficient to perform this simple task, Benjamin. Are you calling me simple, you computerized crumb? It's clobbering time! Benjamin, no! Why? Why did Reed Richards program me to feel pain? Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting, fantastic episode of Fanholes Podcast. What's up guys, this is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, and joining me tonight are two of my fantastic fanholes. Why don't you give a shout out, guys? Hey, it's Mike, and... uh. Uh, let me restart. I, I, I thought I'd think of something funny by the time I said, it. hey, it's Mike, but I didn't. <laughs> hey, guys, this is Tony, and uh, I'm enjoying my beautiful palatial uh, slum uh, apartment here on Yancey Street. What? Thing whooped by woman? Gah! They're no good slandering Yancey Streeters. One of these days. One of these days. So if, if you haven't figured it out, if you're living in a box, we are discussing Fantastic Four tonight. We're doing one of our patented all Fantastic Four shows because we're too fussed to do any research or anything like that. We just want to shoot the shit about Fantastic Four. There is a movie coming out. It's premiering August 7th, 2015. I probably won't be going to the theater to see it, but still, we, we get to do this, as they say on the Back to the Bins podcast over at Two True Freaks, we get to do a shameless, obligatory, like, tie-in episode or whatever, and this is this is kind of the fan version of that, the all 
fill in the blank show, you know, where we get to talk about all things Fantastic Four. And I just figured it'd be fun to discuss certain things about Fantastic Four in general. And and the other thing I wanted to talk about, because I, I feel bad, because normally, like, I usually, I, I guess I've been really busy, and I don't always get a chance to do my little top ten, like, favorite comic book type blogs that I do on history of comics on film. And normally, like, when we talk about movies that are coming out, I usually have one, and I can point you to it. I could be like, hey, I just wrote this top ten list on my favorite Deathstroke stories, or here's my top ten list on my favorite Superman stories. And I really wanted to make one for the Fantastic Four. But one of the things I wanted to personally just discuss is that when I was trying to come up with potential candidates for a top ten list, I kept running into comics that were Fantastic Four comics, but I felt uh, disingenuous because they weren't, I didn't like them because the Fantastic Four were in them. Does that make any sense? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I, actually that makes total sense because one of uh, my favorite issues that I'll talk about here in a minute, it, it, it doesn't feature the Fantastic Four at all, really. Okay, okay, because I felt, I felt bad because it's like I, I eventually settled on something that I do want to list as my favorite, and I do feel it legitimately features the Fantastic Four. But, like, in, in most cases, I mean, you, you guys know this of me better than most people. I am a, a ardent and, and uh, a, a great supporter of the Silver Surfer. I love the Silver Surfer. So when I was a kid... You know, I was buying Silver Surfer comics, which, of course, guest starred the Fantastic Four and everything. But whenever I would hunt for Fantastic Four back issues, I would always be going through the Overstreet Price Guide going, Appearance Silver Surfer, Appearance Silver Surfer, Appearance Silver Surfer. And those were the issues I was hunting. I was hunting FF48 through 50. And, like, yes, the Galactus saga is one of the greatest Fantastic Four stories. But I feel like... You know, if that's number one on my list, then I'm like scratching my head going, well, then what's number one on my Silver Surfer list? You know, like, or or, or I don't know, or maybe they both are on both lists. But, you know, there, there were certain cases like that where I was like, I really like this story, but it's just because the Hulk and the thing are kicking the shit out of each other. You know, like that, <laughs> that, that kind of stuff. And I go, is, is that really like the best Fantastic Four story? So I, yeah, I, I, I guess I just wanted to bring that up as sort of a, a caveat before we go into discussing these things. But, but I guess since we're kind of in the midst of it already and, and Tony, you, you brought up some, some ideas you had had percolating in your mind. Why don't you tell us like, what were some of the stories you thought of when we said we were doing this all fantastic four show and we were going to be talking about some of your favorite comic books or storylines with the fantastic four. Um, well, <laughs> To address the elephant in the room of, like, you know, was it really a Fantastic Four issue? One of my favorites was a shameless marketing uh, ploy to get people to read the Fantastic Four. And that's when in the 90s, the Fantastic Four, for one issue, was Spider-Man, the Hulk, Ghost Rider, and Wolverine. <laughs> See, and I, I do like that story, but then you're, like, you're like sitting there going, like, but is that really, like, that's your favorite? Like, you start to wonder, like, do you really like the Fantastic Four then? You know, like, I start to wonder about it. And I swear to God, I do like the Fantastic Four. But, you know, it's funny that, like, when you, you're thinking about stories, you're like, but wait a minute, that doesn't have the Fantastic Four in it, you know? Yeah, it just, yeah, and, like, you know, and it, it, they do address it, though. They're like, you know, like, 
like, are these guys really, like, able to take the mental of the Fantastic Four? So, I mean, that's kind of cool. But it really was just like, you know, hmm, we should boost sales. These, you know, three of these guys are really popular, and everybody loves the Hulk, so let's let's let them run wild. So, well, and, and um, then it was it was during Walt Simonson's run, which is a, a very good run of the Fantastic Four. And then at this point, he wasn't doing the art; it was Art Adams. And I mean, who doesn't love Art Adams? So, I mean, you can't oh, yeah. you can't be faulted for enjoying that storyline. I mean, the art is great. There's there's lots of cool characters. I mean, for me, they're all like popular and cool characters. You know, you got Wolverine who's very popular. You got Ghost Rider who I was totally into at the time. And then you've got like the Gray Hulk who I am a fan of. And then you got Spider-Man. I mean, but at at the same token, you're like, well, aren't we here to, you know, talk about like Reed and Sue and Johnny and Ben, you know? So it's interesting. Uh, Yeah. It's just, well, I mean, I guess on that note, there, there is one storyline I kind of like just because, to me, it seemed like a desperate attempt to fix something that they kind of screwed up. Uh, my avatar this week is Elijah. If you don't know who Elijah is, don't worry. Most people don't. But Elijah was a character introduced when uh, Johnny Storm was a giant douche nozzle and stole Ben Graham's girlfriend and married later. <laughs> <laughs> and I think at some point they're like, yeah, Johnny kind of seems like a jackass for doing that. So to fix it, it turns out that uh, Alicia Masters, who is a longtime girlfriend of Ben Grimm, this wasn't actually her for, like, the longest time. It was actually the Skrull agent, Elijah. And then they had wacky hijinks with the fact that, like, you know, I married a Skrull, doll, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> I, I kept thinking, like, that would be something that they would come back to in Secret Invasion. And I don't know if I'm just blurring everything together, but I don't remember them making a big deal about that storyline at all. But I, they, I think they addressed it in the Secret Invasion Fantastic Four miniseries, uh, okay. Okay. where I think Lyjah is, like, the Skrull assigned to take them out, but she like kind of like flakes out of it because she's Cause like, she's you know, I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually a good person. So yeah, forget it then. Yeah. 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 That's, that's the like whole thing. Like she reveals herself because, oh my God, this was an assignment, but I actually have the feels for you, Johnny. <laughs> so there was that. But I, so, so that I, was, I, that was basically the, the whole Tom DeFalco and Paul Ryan run, right? Cause that's where that, that avatar yeah. of yours comes from. And that's, yeah. it's interesting. I know Paul Ryan went on to draw the Wally West flash and everything too. And like, I, I know there are people who are big fans of that era of the, the comic. I mean, you know, I guess, I guess this is where I would get lambasted by people who love nineties comics. And, and I would say by that point in time, I, I was not an avid reader of the fantastic four. You know, I, they, they did even return to, having the the all-new, all-different Fantastic Four fighting the original team. But by that point, I think Wolverine had, like, sliced open Ben Grimm's face, and he was doing the bucket head thing and everything. And Johnny Storm yeah. was going to, like, set Empire State University on fire or something. Like, And it was just like, okay. like, But obviously, I never read that at the time. I was kind of out of it. I mean, at least the, the, the Fantastic Four comic by that point. Yeah, and I guess to wrap up like my comics, uh, uh, I have a dishonorable mention, and that is for the spinoff book featuring Franklin Richards as a grown-up called Psy Lord. Fuck that book. <laughs> you don't like Fantastic Force? Yeah, that's what it was called. But yeah, yeah, the main, yeah, the leader was Franklin Richards, and yeah, that was, my God, that was horrible. 
So it was so bad. I don't even know who else was on the team aside from him. I think Elijah was on the team. <laughs> wasn't wasn't, oh, okay. wasn't Nathaniel Richards on that team? The the you know their their father, the grandfather of Franklin. Maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, for sure. I, I it can't, was very forgettable. I, I can't say I was an avid reader of Fantastic Force either. Um, but I, I since you're bagging on Franklin Richards, who is is one of the characters that is near and dear to my heart. If anybody wants to read some good Franklin Richards stuff. They should read Franklin Richards' Boy Genius, which is hilarious and awesome. So, go read that. Oh, yeah, I don't have anything. I don't have a problem with Franklin Richards. Just just that book was horrible. And I actually think there was actually a time where I would really want Franklin Richards to, like, you know, be cool. So, if that's a cool story with him, I'd li- yeah, I'd like to read that. I mean, it's mainly, it's more kind of like Calvin and Hobbes-ish, you know, type, you know, stories or comics, you know, with, with that. Like, because it's more like, you know, Herbie and him are kind of like, wacky comic strip characters, you know, that's, that's kind of the gist of that, that story. Like most of the comic books that they've released of that are collections of like little, you know, Strip. strips and stuff like that. You kind of lost me for a minute with Herbie, but I, I'll still give it a try. <laughs> what? My systems tell me to stand by for a dynamic input. Herbie's awesome. Herbie is awesome. Especially that time he tried to murder them. Yep. Yeah, yeah that was great. <laughs> There's like a joke about that. I was like, why do all super geniuses make robots that try to kill them? <laughs> what about you, Mike? Like, we're, we're, or sorry, Tony, were you were you done with the the comics you wanted to talk about for Fantastic Four? Uh, I might remember something later on, but as far as like ones that stuck out of my head, those are like the three that I remember. Yeah. So okay, so we're we're talking about that that Paul Ryan and and Tom DeFalco run with Elijah as the Secret Scroll. And then the Art Adams all new Fantastic Four by Walt Simonson, and then the issue that you just mentioned, which yeah. is a dishonorable mention. So you've got two really good comics, and then nobody should go and read Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah. It's great to start a fire with. <laughs> all right, all right. So, so what about you, Mike? Man, what what are some of the comics that occurred to you when when you heard we were going to be discussing Fantastic Four this evening. Well, like, I didn't do a whole lot of research, but, like, thinking about it, like, I I was kind of surprised that that I had read more Fantastic Four comics than I actually, like, thought I had. And, but I had the same exact problem as you guys, where I was like, man, I really liked that Spider-Man and Human Torch miniseries, but is that really a Fantastic Four story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a good miniseries. It's actually one of the best things, like, Dan Slott's ever written, but... Yeah, I would say that's my favorite Dan Slott thing he's written about Spider-Man, so, like, and it just so happens to feature, you know, Johnny Storm, too, so... But that's a really good miniseries. Um, I've read... Like, I've read scattered bits of the series. Like, I've read most of John Byrne's run. Um, I've read a lot of Mark Wade's run. Uh, like, I guess I, I read a lot of that volume, I guess they call it volume three, which is like when it just came back from Heroes Reborn. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, like, it's funny because it's like... Yeah, like, well, my my friend, like, was getting into comics then, and he was like, what comic should I read? And I was like, well, I'm reading, like, Iron Man and Avengers. And he, like, that was, like, right when, like, Heroes Return started up or whatever. 
but and I was like, he was like, okay, well, like you know, Iron Man, Avengers, Thor, and Fantastic Four, they're all coming back. So he's like, so I'll read Fantastic Four. And I was like, okay, sure, and I, I'll we'll switch, and you know, we'll borrow each other's comics. So like, he let me borrow like the first like whatever ten issues of that Fantastic Four run, like after a while, and <laughs> it always amused me. Like, who's the creative team on that, Mike? Because I know. Well, I, know... I, I was just gonna get to that because it's like Scott Lobdell like started writing that book, but he like I don't know why, but he doesn't like write it anymore after like issue three. Like I guess he either quit. I don't, Derek. Do you know why that happened? I'm not. Or... I'm not sure what because uh, Claremont's the one who writes the majority. Yeah, Claremont. Of it, right? Like Claremont takes over like as of issue like four or five, but. Like, yeah, like, when you said I'm sorry, I laughed, because I was like, man, he couldn't even wait, like, like, he he could only wait, like, three issues before bringing <laughs> fucking Gatecrasher into it or something. I was just so. like, I was just like, oh, hey, here's all these lame concepts from Excalibur that are just sitting around in my book drawer. Let me foister them upon the Fantastic Four, and I was just like, oh, man, like, what is yeah. this? But. Yeah, I guess that's that's your dishonorable mention for for this evening. Yeah, but like you know, this stuff like I really like Mark Wade's run. Like way later on from that, like that's a great run. Yeah, that's that's pretty excellent. The thing the thing dies and they have to like Reed decides to go to heaven to get him back and like God is Jack Kirby. Like I thought that was a really good story. Yeah, Yeah. and. Uh, also, I, I really liked. Um, I guess you could call it the the Grant Morrison Magneto story with Doom, where like he, he like made the the magical skin armor or whatever, and he like I don't know because people are kind of I don't. It seems like people are kind of divisive on that story because Doctor Doom goes like I don't know any bits of like nobility or whatever you would think from Doctor Doom are kind of cast aside in that story because he really like becomes like a evil like scumbag like again and i don't know i liked it like i thought that was a good story but and uh, like i really liked the the sort of ending where like reed sort of like consigns doom to hell or whatever and doom ends up like scarring his face for a while and like i I thought that was a really good dr doom like story yeah i think i think that's part of the the other thing that i wrestled with because having read like the burn run and and the wade run and everything i i also started to question even though dr doom clearly is the fantastic four's number one villain i mean there's no question he's not a fantastic four villain i i also started to question like I could probably make a top ten list of favorite Doctor Doom stories yeah. easier than I could make a top ten list of yeah, Fantastic definitely. Four stories. So I'm sitting there thinking to myself, oh, there's you know the the sort of revised origin of Doctor Doom, the the burn clever clever. You know, I only have a, a very limited scar on my face, but I'm so conceited that I will now mask myself. You know, because of this minor disfigurement, as opposed to the, you know, he looks like frickin', you know, snake eyes or, or, you know, spawn underneath the helmet or whatever, yeah. which is what I guess most people thought for many years. And then, you know, you've also got the kind of what you were talking about, like the, the whole animal flesh or whatever that suit was made out of in, in the end of Wade's run. And it's like, those are cool stories. I, I think... 
I think if it was like the final time you ever saw Doom and it was like the last Fantastic Four story ever, I, I, I think more people might have been happier with it, if that makes yeah. any sense. Like if there wasn't anything else further to do with the characters, then people could just be like, OK, yeah, like he was honorable and did all this stuff. And then this is the last time he's ever going to battle them. And then, you know, Reed is like consigning him to hell. Then you're like, OK, well, great. And that's that's the end of the story kind of thing. But I guess, you know, obviously there that, you know, continues on. I think people you know. sort of had the same, like I said, like the people had the same kind of problem they had with Grant Morrison's like Magneto where it's like, wait a minute, it wasn't Dr. Doom all noble. Like, why is he like, you know, you wouldn't think like some people might not think he would like, like he sent Franklin to hell and like Franklin like was like being tortured by demons and stuff. And you'd, You'd think he like Doctor Doom wouldn't do something like that, but like then then again when like you got the like Magneto sinking the sub full of Russians and stuff and there's stuff like that in Doctor Doom's past too where he's like murdering people or or killing like peasants or whatever, but and you're like wait yeah, a minute like, he wasn't... <laughs> no one jaywalks in Latveria you know exactly <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, yeah, yeah disintegrator kind of ray. Yeah, so. I, I I do I I love that moment in the store in that story where um, it's I guess it's at the beginning where he's he's like uh, I forgot what he had to do, but I I think that that skin armor was actually like the skin of like Valeria, like his his long lost love or or whatever, and he had to like sacrifice her to get that magical power up. But, like, there's a moment in that story where he's, like, in, like, civilian clothes or, like, he's just, like, all dressed up normal like Doctor Doom. And he's just wearing, like, a sort of, like, kind of regular mask. Like a, I don't know, like a, like a, not a metal mask, just like a mask that he'd wear in, like, public so he can walk among people or whatever. And, like, he walks by a baby in a stroller and the baby starts crying and like uh he like just goes to the woman he's like oh i'm sorry madam like uh you know the mask must frighten this child or whatever and like the 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 woman's like like sir my baby is blind like <laughs> so I don't know. Like I thought that was a cool. Movie. It could feel your evil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like a, a evil detecting baby or whatever. But <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, that's like a, that's like an issue I had is like you know it, at least the Fantastic Four, the new Fantastic Four, that was in the the book proper. But I love Doom 2099. I think it's like one of my favorite uh, 2099 books. But I I couldn't in good conscience you know really put that as a Fantastic Four book. I mean, that's like all Doom. And, well, you know, I mean, you know, I, I think since this is an all Fantastic Four show, it doesn't hurt to bring those things up that you enjoyed them. I mean, I I certainly enjoyed the early issues of Doom 2099, especially all the, the Pat Broderick art and, and the whole kind of mystery behind it. Like, is he the real Doom? Is he somebody else? Like, all that kind of good, I guess, Ghost Rider cable Wolverine, you know, 90s kind of like men of mystery thing, you know, like he had that that thing going on for him. And of course, his his first costume was really bitching the the armor with the black cloak and everything. I mean, that looked very, yeah. very cool. So, yeah, it kind of went downhill after a while. But yeah, like the first like few arcs. Yeah, really good stuff. And eventually, like, I think Warren Ellis actually wrote some of it in the later arcs where he actually like took over like 2099 
you know, the universe. Like he actually was, you know, that, yeah. that was the advantage they could do with like an alternate timeline slash universe like that. They could actually, you know, have Dr. Doom win for, for a period of time without it causing convulsions in like every other title that they were publishing at the time. So, yeah, he was like president doom first and then like, you know, high Lord of everything at some point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think doom, uh, shares that same kind of, aura about him that like you know justin would like magneto for where like it's fun to see him team up with the fantastic four too or kind of be an anti-hero or a, like almost a good guy sometimes yeah definitely yeah he he, did, he definitely tends to fall for the old you know i want to rule the world but if it's destroyed what will i rule over i'll join you you know that kind of thing. yeah um I guess aside from like those like what I what I had mentioned like the um the only other things I could think of were um what ifs like there's there's a lot of good fantastic four what ifs and I'm trying to think of though like one of the first like issues I had uh, the first like what if issues I had ever bought like new off the stands was uh what if a silver surfer had not betrayed galactus and it like he 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 insta- he he lets Galactus eat Earth and like the Fantastic Four are like the last survivors on the planet, and then eventually it happens like did, of course Doom survives too, and then uh, like Doom and Silver Surfer fight to the death, and then in the end it turns out like the Fantastic Four become Galactus's heralds and stuff, and then um yeah and. It, I think we mentioned it when we talked about what ifs, but I really also like it's a very early issue from like the first volume of what if uh what if the invisible girl had died and that is a very like powerful like done in one issue where like it seems like whenever Reed loses Sue he goes crazy so it's a like a, <laughs> a it's an issue yeah like she dies like in childbirth cuz I forgot what happened in the actual comic but you know Annihilus did something with negative zone energy that affected her pregnancy, but in like in the what if she dies, so of course Reed goes on this like one man like rampage of revenge against Annihilus, and it's really like it's a really gripping what if, and it's exactly what that book was like designed to do, like tell stories you couldn't tell in the normal continuity. So like that's a really good issue. I was just gonna say that's one thing I like you know feel kind of bad about. I've never been a huge FF reader consistently. I'm like you guys. I've tended to like read like runs of certain creators, but you know when you think about it, you know thinking back on it, you know it's, it's a shame that more people don't like the FF because if we didn't have them, you know, like one of Derek's favorite characters, Silver Surfer and Galactus, you know, they wouldn't exist. You know, like you had Black Panther who debuted in FF. Um, we know how much Derek loves Black Panther, and. Uh, Woo! <laughs> And we'll, yeah, we'll, and, like, we'll the, get to that, Tony. We'll get yeah. to that. <laughs> He's like, oh, I got something for that. <laughs> and like, even now, like Marvel's like, you know, little uh, the whole Fox issue where they don't want to like deal with the X Men anymore. Their go to is the Inhumans, who debuted in the FF. You know, oddly enough, you know. I'm surprised that that wasn't included in that license somehow. But whatever, I guess. Uh, yeah. More for the more for them. But I, I was just going to say, uh, I think my only other, like, honorable mention is, like, another mini-series, which was uh, Christos Gage's uh, Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four. Yeah, that was that was he, great for a modern 
take on, well, I mean, it, it, I guess not a modern take, but like a modern comic. I mean, it's fairly recent, but it was very well written and awesome. Yeah, like four different tales and different eras, and I don't know, like they do they do a story like Tony, you'd probably like it. They do a story like during the time when Spider Man and Ghost Rider and Hulk and Wolverine are the member, the Fantastic Four, and I like oh, okay. the, I always like there's, there's like a funny moment where um, they have to fight like the like Reed and Johnny and uh, Ben I think are all like brainwashed and they have to fight them. And uh, I, I forgot how it works out, but Sue and, like, Spider-Man, Sue's like, I've got a good idea, like, like kiss me, and, like, right in front of Reed, and Spider-Man's like, what, really? Like, okay, and, like, they kiss, and, like, Reed and Johnny both snap out of it, because it, like, horrifies them, and, like, <laughs> Spider-Man was like, man, like, you know, maybe when I was younger, but now it's just, like, kissing your sister, like, uh, like, that. I wasn't feeling that at all, like, <laughs> but, like, I thought that was a pretty funny moment. That's but cool. yeah, yeah, that's that. like that's yeah. There's other stuff I could probably mention, but those are I think that's all the stuff that like sticks out in my head. Yeah, I I really I mean I I don't want what Tony said to be considered like that we don't like the Fantastic Four or there aren't runs of it that I I, I think just because you follow things by the creators sometimes I mean there are some great creator runs. I think what I find difficult is like singling out like a single issue or a single storyline that is the penultimate storyline. It's like the John Byrne run of FF is great, but it's like, what do you single out where, where gladiator fought the fantastic four, where the fantastic four and like Dr. Strange and all those guys fought Galactus and toppled him over. Like, do you single out the Terax issues where Dr. Doom tries to steal Terax's power? You know, do you single out the issues where like one of the issues I think is really cool is when, uh, the Sphinx and Galactus go at it against one another. That's a FF two twelve, and like that's a fun issue because they. Oh, is that when like he's wrapping up the Nova storylines? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. He's wrapping up all the storylines from Nova and stuff, and that's a really fun issue where you're like, oh, that's pretty bitchin'. Like they, I mean, they they have a big cosmic epic battle and stuff like that. I mean, of course, Galactus kicks his ass, but I mean, it's still a really good battle, and like that's that's something that I think is really fun and cool but it's like it's hard for me to to single out just one story from the john byrne run just like you're saying like the wade run obviously the penultimate final storyline is where you know doom and the ff fight in hell and everything but like you said there's the issue where you know ben Grimm dies and then they have the moment with kirby as like the god of that universe and everything like that and that's a great sort of one-shot story from the Wade run. And there's plenty of other stories like that that are really fun. So it's hard for me, you know, as a longtime comic reader who's gotten into certain runs of the FF to like single out one thing, or, or even if you were to point to something and say, Oh, maybe it's not fair to point to a Hulk versus thing story. It's like, there are so many of them, you know, there's the stuff with Bernie Wrightson where it was like a graphic novel. There's the, like one of the earliest back issues I bought was, Fantastic Four 112, where it's like Ben Grimm gets distracted because, you know, Alicia's in the background or something, and then the Hulk sucker punches him, and then that kills him, you know, and then everybody's like, what are we going to do? Ben Grimm is dead, you know, and all this stuff. So, I mean, there's there's lots of fun stuff like that. But ultimately, like, I guess I had to go back to, like, childhood stuff, where what was the first comic 
that I ever read for Fantastic Four. It was during the Steve Englehart run. And me and, and Brian often talk about this, and it's who I refer to as the super thing. And I read pretty much the majority of Steve Englehart's run on Fantastic Four, and if I had to point to one particular storyline that totally got my juices pumping, and everybody's going to yuck it up at me probably, because they're going to go, you like that, but it's like, dude, I was a kid and I thought it was super cool, and it had Super Thing in it, so I don't know what is not more cooler than the Super Thing, which is like double the Thing rocks or whatever, and he's all (laughs) spiky and badass and stuff, and kicking the Hulk's ass and stuff. So, like, but basically, like, in Fantastic Four 319, it is basically billed to you as Secret Wars 3. It's It's got the rival fusion stuff, because Thing is leading his own team of Fantastic Four, where it's Thing, the, the cosmic irradiated Miss Marvel, Human Torch, and Crystal. And then you've got Dr. Doom also teaming up with them because Molecule Man is back and there's this weird origin story where they explain how Molecule Man and the Beyonder are kind of like two sides of the same coin and they're actually both cosmic cubes and that's why they're omnipotent and they go through this whole storyline and a bunch of stuff which is probably either retconned away or isn't considered you know, canon, you know, today or whatever. But at the time, I just thought it was the coolest thing ever because I grew up with the Secret Wars toys and then I knew of the Secret Wars comic books and I had issues of that. So it was like one of those things where it was like, I felt like it was almost tailor written for me where I was kind of like, oh, this is great. Like now I get to, it was like a nice little bookend on the whole saga that was secret wars and everything and 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 like kind of like what mike is saying it does have that aspect of rival fusion with doom but i mean it it genuinely to me i i felt like it featured the fantastic four i mean albeit it's a certain incarnation of the team and some people might you know poo poo on that because there's no reed and sue involved in that uh, you know in that run or that arc but i think that's just from you know nostalgia and based on, you know, my childhood interests and and the books I was reading at the time and that I was a regular reader of it, that's what I would point to as, you know, one of my favorite Fantastic Four storylines. Going into some of the the side-type stuff, I know we brought up some Dan Slott stuff. I'd like to give a shout-out to one of the titles I think he wrote well, and unfortunately it only lasted about eight issues. But one of the things I loved buying off the stands month-to-month was his thing ongoing series. Oh yeah. Like that was that was I, a, I actually read that. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was a, a very well written book. I mean it features you know, to me, I, I don't know. I I think I would have to put that on a list of Fantastic Four comics that I loved. But again, like since it just focuses on the thing, I don't know how much of a Fantastic Four story that could be considered, but I, you know, since we're talking anything goes on this podcast, it's just something I want to throw out there is something that if you've never read that, like, it's, you know, as much flack as some of these big time creators get, and I know we certainly give the flack, but I'm I'm more than willing to to give credit where credit's due and, and just be upfront and say that I was loving that book. And, you know, when you hear things like, oh, Slot's going to write Silver Surfer and Slot's going to write Spider-Man, and you think back to how you felt about the ongoing thing title, 
you're sitting there going, well, that's good news, right? Because this guy wrote yeah. some really good stuff. Yeah. You know, whether it turns out that way or not, you know, it may be different. I know I've been enjoying the ongoing Silver Surfer book, and I know some people, you know, like haven't really dug the the current amazing Spider-Man book. So, I mean, I guess it's give and take, and and there's different things that that come about with all the the creative stuff that's going on. But you know, I I figure you know I might as well point out that that you know for for the limited time that we had it for the the eight months that we had the thing ongoing series that was you know, a a pretty wonderful book. You know, again, I've mentioned Franklin Richards' Boy Genius is something that I think is really cool. Um, I mean, honorable mentions. Go ahead, Tony. I was just going to say, like, the the, the Thing book, I just want to jump in before you went on. One thing I really liked about it was it seemed like a very modern, like, not reboot, but, like, take on uh, the old Marvel (laughs) 2 and one which was, like, the Thing's old book, which was really cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's always, like, guest stars in it and stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the Marvel 2-in-1 is also, I mean, that was, yeah, like you said, that was the Thing's solo book, essentially, or his his Brave and the Bold, you know, where he teamed up with a new Marvel hero every month. I, I specifically remember thinking that, that that issue of the Thing where he teams up with Spider-Man, where I, I was like, man, like, Dan Slott should write Spider-Man. He's great in this issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah then you got it. Well, I mean, <laughs> then uh, yeah, then I got it. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's so funny because because I I still legitimately think that 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 thing series and even what you mentioned the Spider Man Human Torch mini series like those are great. Like you 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 literally would think like oh this is the perfect guy to write Spider Man. Like he's gonna fix things and. I guess, Whether he did or not yeah, is up yeah, for I, I guess, yeah. Well, it's it's up to I guess it's up to the reader, but you know, I mean, it, I, I guess it'd be safe to say that Mike and I don't think it turned out the way we had hoped it would in our heads. You know, maybe yeah. our anticipation got the better of us, but you know, I think sometimes they just give a, a creator who gets like really hot. Like you know, I think Bendis has had this issues before, but I think sometimes they give them too much creative control, and they just go fucking crazy. And sometimes you have to be reined in a little bit, you know, maybe. I don't know. I just yeah, think Dan yeah. Slott was I, – I think Dan Slott was just too close to Spider-Man, basically. Like, when he was writing Spider-Man on the fringes, like, he was great. But then when he was the guy, uh, I don't know, it, it didn't work so well for me. Yeah, yeah but like I said, that's, that's for another time. That's, that's Spidey. But, yeah, so, that's, yeah, that's a whole different conversation, yeah. I, I think uh, – I mean, another thing is and, – and this may be uh, – uh, roundabout way of giving a shout out to to a, another podcast, but uh, one, a person I've been uh, listening to some of his podcasts lately does a podcast with another guy, uh, Andrew Leyland, and him and this guy Stephen Lacey do a podcast called The Fantastic Cast, and they're actually going through like every issue of the Fantastic Four. So I think they're wow. actually yeah they're they're actually way past the the lee kirby run they're they're already in the hundreds and they're doing like annuals and guest appearances and all that kind of good stuff but i i I just figured like if if you're listening to this now and you want some more nitty-gritty and you're like dude why aren't these guys talking about lee and kirby that's the classic goodness like what the hell's wrong with them like check out those guys podcast and and they definitely discuss it up a whole bunch and it's it's really fun to listen to but I mean, yeah, obviously Lee and Kirby is, is kind of where it's at as far as the original stuff. But again, when I when I come back to that stuff, it it's not that 
they aren't great stories, but I am hard pressed to figure out like what of that run is the the best of the best. You know what I mean? I I don't know. Is it is it the Galactus you know saga? And if it is, is that a Silver Surfer story or a Galactus story or an FF story? Like, do I like it because Reed Richards is in it or not? You know, it's like even that Sphinx Galactus one that I brought up. I mean, Reed Richards is like an old man because he got like infected with some kind of cosmic disease or something like that. So I'm sitting there going, like, this is my favorite Fantastic Four story where the Sphinx and Galactus, like, have a big brawl and Reed Richards is like an old man and flops over and dies at the end of the issue, you know? So, like, you start to wonder about that, you know? I mean, for me, like, like one of Reed Richards' standout moments, and, and I think I've mentioned this before, is, like, Earth-X. Like, I love that he's, to me, he's part of the Marvel Universe trinity you know he's he's right up there with like captain america and tony stark so i i I don't discount the character but i it's it's difficult for me to to point to you know in the walter simonson run like what's the best comic is it the one where death's head guest stars do i like it because it's got death's head in it you know like i i don't know like it's funny because it's like I'm not sure you know is it is it the issue where they all go time travel and ben grimm's in his like you know, thing mech suit that looks like his mutated form, you know, like, I, I, I don't know, but there's lots of fun stories in those different arcs and runs, but I, I, I have a hard time figuring out like which ones to highlight. Yeah. Like the trial of, like the trial of Galactus where like, you know, the scrolls are like, you killed our world. We're going to hold Galactus on trial. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. I, I will say, um, I will at least, you know, Everybody, something to poke fun at me at. Um, the uh, I, I think it was the debut issue of Fantastic Four. I want to say it was issue number one, where they're like, you know, the Fantastic Four fight the menace of the Mole Man. For years and years and years, I thought the Mole Man was the big green creature that was grabbing people, and they were fighting him. <laughs> well, that you see, everyone like keeps like homaging that cover over and over again. Like, who knows? Like, yeah, it's not surprising, really. Yeah, it's a classic cover. Yeah, it's, it's a great cover, obviously, Kirby. And, but, yeah, just for years, I was like, the Mole Man is huge and cool. And then when I actually read an issue of Fantastic Four, I was like, dude, he's Dan DeVito. What the fuck? <laughs> and if you watch, like, Superhero Squad, apparently he's got lots of uh, mucus and boogers. Believe me, Dr. Doom. <laughs> Tricephalus, Megatar, and Renu have enough power and more. Excuse me. All right. Well, I, I guess we've kind of we've kind of given a brief overview on on what we would point to as some of our favorite Fantastic Four stories and everything. But I guess we'll we'll move on at this point to asking what is your favorite character in the Fantastic Four mythos? And I guess I will I will point that question at Mike. Mike. Like, who would you say is, like, your favorite character in the Fantastic Four comic? Um, I guess, like, I guess I would have to say Doctor Doom, but, like, I guess he counts. I mean, he's, he's, he's part of, he's Uncle Doom, so he's part of the family now. Like, you know, if he wasn't before, he certainly is now with, like, you know, him being basically Valeria's, like, godfather almost, even though, like, I think Ben is, but. You know, it, it, thanks to shenanigans, he's he's sort of the unofficial uncle now. 
Um, yeah, like, I've always liked Doctor Doom. Like, maybe not as much as you, but, like, he's always been a fascinating villain to read about. Um, for the the four themselves, like, I was kind of, like, rolling around in my head, and I was trying to think of who I might like better than anyone else, and I guess I, I, I ended up on Reed, just because he's the leader and the, the Cyclops Captain America type, and, you know, he, he kind of, I think you bring up the comparison sometimes to Nightwing, Derek, where, you know, it's like Reed's the hardest one to bring down, because yeah, he's like... Yeah. Even though his power might not seem as threatening, he's he's like the smartest guy and he's the most creative guy. Yeah, it's so, like the, the real power is his intelligence, his intellect, and, and how he's willing to use it to, to get out of any situation, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, like, he's got an interesting personality and it, it kind of, it, it depends on the writer, but it, it's funny, like, just just recently I was reading... I just randomly picked, like, a book out of my bookcase because I needed to read something. And uh, I picked, like, one of those, uh, ep like, complete clone saga epic books, like, that Marvel, like, released a few years ago that tell, like, the entire, like, Ben Riley saga or whatever. But in that that, that book is a uh, issue of Spider-Man Team-Up where he teams up with the Fantastic Four, and it's like the Ben Riley Spider-Man. And... It it must be right, I think it's right after Reed comes back from like the dead in the nineties because he's got a long beard and like long hair. Yeah, yeah, man, that, that must be it. I don't know if like this was like if he was there were, he was going through something in the comics at this point because I don't think I was reading it then. But he's a fucking prick in that issue. Like he, <laughs> he, he like I don't know, like he's it's always like like he, like Spider Man's like joking around and stuff, and Reed's like you young like ignorant ignorant fool. Like what have you done? Like, and he's like he's always like bad mouthing Spider Man and like and i i forgot he's like he he like gives a, a bunch of directions to like uh everyone and i guess like sue's like e excuse me reed but technically i'm like the leader of the team now i guess she was at that point or or she had been when he was dead so she still was the leader and reed's was just that what like was like off like Boff and namor i guess so yeah i don't know i think she she was back with reed at this point cuz he was alive hmm. but I don't know, but he, like, I was just reading that and laughing, because he's, like, I don't think he even, like, cracks a smile or anything, like, for the entire issue. And, yeah, I, I don't think, know, like, I, the, just, just to, for anybody who's listening, I'm pretty sure, like, Reed Richards died around, like, 280 or 81, and then the, he was gone that whole period, I think, until, like, 306 or 307 I, I remember these two covers where one of them's like because basically like he he went out you know taking doom with him or vice versa it's got so, it's got to be of i think you got to add a hundred to each of those numbers like 407 oh, oh, okay maybe. yeah yeah probably then maybe it was 407 and it was 381 or whatever yeah that you're probably right but but um the yeah that's right 381 is probably where he died but anyway the, i i guess what it is is there you know there was a good year or so more where he was you know not leading the team and stuff like that so it's just yeah. uh, the point i was like going to make was i don't know his his personality like changes depending on the writer like sometimes he's a he's an easygoing guy and sometimes he's a he's really uh, really intense, I guess, and you know, sometimes he's like the absent-minded professor, and sometimes, uh, 
you know. Sometimes, sometimes he thinks it's a good idea to make a Thor, Thor clone. So. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Like, he can either be a strict, stuck-up type with a stick-up-his-butt, but then also he can be an understanding and caring father who, you know, loves his children very much, you know? and Or, or, or there was that interesting bit of... Uh, I, I know they did a bunch of series of articles about how, you know, during the whole... Civil War thing, it was like, at one point, he's an atheist, and at one point, another writer's, you know, basically painting him as not being an atheist because of how he says, like, oh, you know, let's pray, or let's talk to God, or whatever, so it's like, depending on who's writing him, and and putting their own sort of uh, thoughts and and moral analyses on top of the character, it's like, there's certain inconsistencies uh, even within, you know, what should be essentially the same storyline, I suppose. Uh, I just was going to say, I like, uh, I think it, it's in an issue of Future Foundation, but I, I do like his, like him being a good dad and like his interactions with Franklin and stuff, because I like, like Franklin's playing a video game, I think, and like Reed's watching him play and he's just like explaining like Frank he's like Franklin it's a computer program like there's a set pattern and if you figure out that <laughs> pattern you like you can win like every single time and Franklin's just like rolling his eyes he's like yeah but it's not fun dad you know like yeah but uh yeah and there's like some good stuff in the Wade run where like that like I forgot he got mad at Franklin at the beginning of an issue and by the end of the issue like to make it up to him he's playing like Dungeons and Dragons or something or like Magic the Gathering with Franklin and like Franklin's like you're doing it all wrong like you don't have enough mana to do that and Reed's like what well yes I do like I'm reading the manual now like it says I should be able to do this like so but, but I like I like those moments is that, those is, that is that future foundation all written by Hickman Yes. Okay. I need to. I oh, need except, to... except for the 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 FF like the replacement oh, future okay. foundation okay. with Scott Lang and Medusa. That's I, a Matt fraction. I, I need to read the the Hickman stuff. I sort of lost track of it. This is what I was telling Tony. I was it's, gonna. Yeah, I was gonna get back to because it's like I've been really enjoying the Avengers stuff. So maybe I should go back and read the FF stuff. There's, there's like I, I haven't read all of it, but there's like I talked to Justin about it, and there's some, there's some pretty epic like Franklin old, older Franklin Richards stuff. Like he comes back from the future, like older Franklin Richards, and he's like he's best buddies with Galactus, and like him and Galactus like handle all these. Yeah, I think together. I think when they did the the Secret Wars prologue, they stuck in one of those issues of Fantastic Four to give you the the lowdown. You know that you you know something you would have need to read to to appreciate certain aspects of Secret Wars or something. It was like Secret Wars Zero or, or some kind of collected yeah. thing where, it, it, you know, basically it reprinted a bunch of different issues. So you were kind of like quickly up to speed on on what was going down or whatever. But, yeah, I, I should read that. The, the reason why I brought up what, what Tony had mentioned before was in relation to Black Panther. Because what's funny is I was going to say I haven't really read a lot of the modern Fantastic Four comics. I know I've probably, like, tried an issue here and there. Like, I probably read, like, the first issue of that Marvel Now FF book where it was, like, Mark Bagley, I think, did the art on it and everything. And and I intended to eventually maybe read the Hickman run, but I think it, it was kind of back when Johnny Storm, I think, was, was in the middle of being dead or whatever, and I was just trying to wait out that whole 
arc or whatever. Because I, I think my attitude at the time was like, what? They're not going to kill him for really reals. Like, he's going to come back. So I was like, I'll just re- start reading it once they bring him back again. And then once they brought him back, I still didn't start reading it again. And I, I think part of it was because to tie it back to the Black Panther thing, I think I'm still butthurt that Black Panther was manhandling Silver Surfer when Dwayne <laughs> Duffy wrote it for a couple issues. So, like, I think I, I, I think I'm subconsciously I haven't touched like Fantastic Four on a permanent basis since I read that story because I was just like, <laughs> what? This is bullshit you know like so i was all grumpy about that so that's probably why there's not one to hold grudges but he'll hold a grudge on that one (laughs) you know i i I don't think i well i was i i didn't even think about it but i was like i was like when's the last time i was like reading fantastic four on a regular basis and i was like oh yeah it was when Dwayne mcduffie was writing it and then black panther did the thing with silver surfer and i got mad and stopped reading it you know so i was like oh yeah that's why i wasn't reading fantastic four so but um, that yeah, that that's just you know. I guess I just wanted to throw that out, uh, throw yeah. that out there, you know. But yeah, I I I I probably should should check out the whole Pikmin thing because every time I hear things about it, like it always sounds like there's some cool stuff. So, and I bet you like the people that are trying to piecemeal read the Avengers now and going, I don't get it. Like maybe you know, I just need to sit down and read the whole damn thing, you know, and and appreciate it uh, as like some kind of full length novella instead of you know trying to hunt and peck or or just read you know certain issues or something well it's funny when like slot was writing like his spider-man and and hickman was writing spider-man and future foundation i was like man hickman's writing a better spider-man than slot is like so <laughs> reed's not my favorite character so i can go ahead and say this one thing i will give reed though like I, it's cool that he picked him is like I'm, I am, me and Derek are big DC fans, but like, you know, you have Plastic Man and you have Elongated Man in the DC universe. And sure, you know, Elongated Man had like his whole uh, identity crisis arc where, you know, his wife is killed and all that. And that's like super serious. But like Reed Richards, for being a quote unquote stretchy guy, he is always like given mucho respect in like the Marvel Universe. He's always like, you know, He's never like, you know, the stretchy guy. He's like, you know, he's like, no, he's a smart guy. He just happens to stretch, you know? So I thought that was always yeah. kind of cool that he got like, you know, his his just due, you know? Definitely. So so what about you, Tony? Like, who would you say is your favorite Fantastic Four character? Um, Unfortunately, I have a dead tie because I can't pick either one. I don't know why. But um, but they're both like the the strong people of the team. And one of them is a character we haven't really hit on yet. Uh, I like Ben Grimm. I can't help it. He's the uh, ever-loving, blue-eyed thing. How can you not like the guy? Uh, he is obviously not the smartest of the group, but he's he's often called the heart of the team, and for a good reason. He's just that guy you don't want to see lose, and he's stubborn, and he could be like a, a you know grouchy, you know, hard ass, but at the same time. He always means well, and he's a lot softer on the inside than he lets on, obviously. You know, there's all the stories where, you know, he's like, I'm nothing no, but a monster, you know. How could anybody love, a, you know, a thing like me? But everybody loves the thing, you know. He's he's just so genuine. Everybody loves the thing. He, he is so the, why he don't is the, you? He is the ever-loving blue-eyed thing, so. Exactly, yeah. And it doesn't hurt that he's pretty kick-ass. He, like I said, he's obviously the strength of the team as far as just brute strength. 
But uh, you know what's funny? I, I think that's that's always underplayed in recent times. Like, I mean, you you read those early issues of the Lee Kirby FF where he's beating the hell out of these gigantic monsters that you mistook for the Mole Man, and you know, Namor is throwing like you know whales and these big giant sea fish from wherever the hell they came from, you know, like that are monstrous, like, you know, basically Pacific Rim level monsters. And he's just the little orange dude and he's kicking the shit out of them. And then, you, you know, you start to wonder, it's like, oh, so the Hulk kicks his ass a few times and all of a sudden he's a big fucking pussy, you know, like, I'm just yeah. like, come on, man. Like, you, I, I don't know. It's just like, sometimes that, that always grumped me out. Cause I, I think like you, like, Ben Grimm is one of my favorite characters. And when he had sort of a ongoing title and, and you know, had a Marvel two in one or, or his own book, you know, there were times where you could, you know, basically showcase like, you know, his strength level. And, 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 you know, me, I'm big on like the whole power level thing. And, and I kind of hate seeing guys get punked out that I think shouldn't be getting punked out. You know, I love, I love that issue of secret wars too, where, you know, he gets the little power up from the beyonder and it's Ben Grimm beating up like every fucking villain in the Marvel universe. Like that's the kind of Ben Grimm <laughs> that, that I dig, you know? Yeah. I mean, come on, this is the guy who went round for round with the champion of the universe. For Christ's sakes. Anybody remember that story? <laughs> yeah. That, that, that was basically, that was the first thing I think that that was one of Derek's first asterisks, you know, where the editor told him to go buy that book or whatever, you know, cause it was like, I was reading silver surfer and you know, all, he's, He's basically meeting all the elders of the universe in his first couple arcs in that that volume three, you know, in the late 80s. And so that basically I think in the first issue, he fights the champion. And, and you know, of course, I had no idea who the fuck the champion was. Right. And, and then it tells you, you know, oh, this guy beat the hell out of the thing and the Hulk. And at that point, you know, I believed everything that comic books told me, you know, so it was like it was like basically like at that point, and And I still do believe this, but it's just like one of those things where it's like, oh, well, if this guy beat the hell out of the thing and the Hulk and Silver Surfer kicks his ass, you know, hair to four, there you, go. you know, yeah. a, a, if A beats B, then B must, you know, n- not be able to kick the shit out of C or whatever, you know, like those kind of things, <laughs> you know, and it was just one of those, those deals. But yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I remember the storyline and everything. Which means it naturally derivate the, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word, but it naturally goes down to the point that fuck you, Black Panther, you can't beat Silver Surfer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> See, what a That's load what of he's bullshit. trying to get at. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, sorry, Dwayne McDuffie. God rest your soul. <laughs> yeah, we. we I love Dwayne McDuffie. So I got nothing against Dwayne McDuffie. I just got to. Yeah, you know. and, he, and you don't even hate Black Panther. You just hate that one one fight. Yeah, yeah, that one. No, not even the. It's just the one panel where he's got his hand behind his back and he's breaking his arm and stuff. But anyway, yeah, move on, move on. Yeah, yeah. Um, my, my and, uh, like I said, my tie is uh, somebody we haven't talked about who's actually a pretty long-time member and is often, you know, considered, like, you know, that the, like the fifth Beatle of the Fantastic Four. And that's, of course, the uh, uh, Shulky, the She-Hulk. And Jennifer, like, was a pretty cool member of the team, you know. She got a lot of character development while she was on the team. Uh, she looked awesome in her little uh, leotard uh, FF uh, blue spandex. And... You know, a lot of people, there's kind of divisive. Some people are like, you know, why is she on the team? You know, the thing is like, you know, the strong person. But 
I don't know. It, it, Jennifer has always seemed a lot more of a team player, obviously, than Bruce, because, you know, she keeps her intellect and everything. And I, I think she really proved herself. And I think that's why she was, you know, later able to become an Avenger and stuff, because they're like, this this motherfucker can hang with the Fantastic Four. I mean, she's got the chops. And I think it really elevated her to a higher level than just being the female Hulk, you know? Well, that's one of those things where, you know, those original big events like Secret Wars did have consequences. You know, Ben Grimm stayed on Battleworld, so they needed somebody to fill in for the, the strong guy role. And that ended up being She-Hulk at that point, because she was she was with the Avengers, I think, when they when they did the Secret Wars thing. And then she swapped over to the Fantastic Four. So and, and that was kind of like. You know, basically, I don't know if it was a promotion or whatever, but it is Marvel's first family. So, you know, and, and she was definitely I, I think kind of like how John Byrne liked Wolverine. I mean, you can tell John Byrne went on to do the the second volume of She-Hulk's ongoing. And so I, I would say that he probably liked the character enough to to highlight her and spotlight her. I mean, obviously, he had a fun time drawing her. She's certainly a sexy character as well, which, you know, doesn't hurt, you know? So, and and then, you know, beyond that, like, she also, you know, at least, you know, when, when they were doing that, that John Byrne book and she broke the fourth wall and everything like that, like, it was a very, you know, tongue-in-cheek and, and humorous character, and you you could, you know, she had a lot of personality as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, she she uh, definitely added something to the team, which I, I think is very important when you uh, swap out somebody you know as iconic as like you know the thing you know or you trade members. The person you bring in, even if they don't maybe meet that level, you can at least be like, I see why they're there. I see why they picked this person. You know. I gotta ask though. I mean, you're talking about Elijah and you're talking about Jennifer Walters, like. Is it is there a thing you got for green chicks like Orion Slave Girls and all that kind of stuff too? Is that is that is that a thing? I yeah well I mean considering that like the the green chicks I've talked about have been pretty hot I think you can't really you know <laughs> can't really hold it against me. <laughs> no 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 I'm just asking I go we were, we've been talking a lot of, about a lot of sexy green chicks lately it feels like so just thought I'd throw that out there. Hey you know what at least at least. They're not crab women, so you know. <laughs> they, they are not. They're not lobster women, so that is a plus. Lobster women, yeah. that is a plus. <laughs> they got they got the right appendages and shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, but, I, yeah. I I think you guys have covered a lot of characters that I would consider my favorites. I mean, as far as the the four original members of the team, obviously the thing Ben Grimm is probably the character I would point to as as one of my favorites. And of course, I've mentioned this already before, but I really do love the the Super Thing incarnation. Like that was something that I desperately wish they would have made a Marvel Legend of, given how many fucking awful thing figures they've made over the years you know it's like you think one of them could have been the fucking super thing but you know it wasn't i i would have even been happy if they would have made a bucket head thing or something but they didn't so but anyway sorry yeah they, they, they just see the go with like pants no pants pants no pants pants no pants it's like here's the thing with a trench coat it's like damn you know like okay whatever but um you know, it's like, what did you do, Toy Biz? What did you do? Ah, <laughs> uh, what have you done? What have you done? So, yeah, but I, I mean, I would definitely point to the thing. 
And as far as like sort of ancillary characters who may or may not count or are part of the extended family, I obviously, well, I don't know if it's obvious, but if you've been listening to this podcast, you know, I think Franklin Richards is the shit. So I I definitely have to speak up for my boy, Franklin Richards, who can pwn everybody's ass in the universe and fix all continuity errors everywhere. He could, they desperately need uh, Franklin Richards to go over to the new 52 stat and he can fix shit. He can make bug people look like hot chicks again and, and make teen Tonys like drunk mustache, you know, CEOs with cool suits and all that stuff. But there, obviously there's, you know, I do, I do dig Franklin Richards a whole bunch. And then of course we, we, I've mentioned this already on this show too. And I guess by extension, you know, of course I love silver surfer. So, I mean, if, if he's definitely part of that, you know, he first appeared in Fantastic Four. He's obviously part of the Fantastic Four movie license that's going on right now and everything. So, I mean, definitely I love the Silver Surfer. So those those would be my, you know, I, I'd probably say The Thing and then, you know, Franklin Richards and Silver Surfer as sort of the ancillary or, or honorable mentions or, or what have you for, for some of my favorite Fantastic Four characters. The Fantastic Arse is your guide to the Fantastic Four from the beginning of the Marvel Age of Comics in 1961 onwards. Each week, Steve Lacey and Andy Leyland cover every issue, spin-off, guest appearance and cameo, and more. And in 2015, we begin our journey through the decade that taste forgot, the 1970s. Join us as we take a look at... The departure of Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. The Kree Skrull War. The arrival of Marvel Team Up. Bill Murray as the Human Torch. Creators including Roy Thomas, George Perez, Marv Wolfman, Jerry Conway, Rich Buckler and John Byrne. And of course, Marvel 2-in-1. All this and more at ffcast.libsyn.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. The Fantastic Cast. Insert catchy tagline here. Wait, what? So is there anything else? I mean, I, I know I briefly went into uh, Toy Biz and, and how I wish they would have made a Super Thing figure. Is, is there any, like, type of uh, Fantastic Four toy coverage? Like, I mean, I know there's the old, you know, 90s Toy Biz line that was associated with the Marvel Action Hour cartoon. Like, I know I had quite a few of those toys for Fantastic Four-wise. And then I know there's a number of Marvel Legends out there and everything that we could potentially discuss. I mean, is there anything that you guys wanted to bring up any favorite kind of toys or toy lines that dealt with fantastic four type characters. Um, I, I think like, I don't know. The, the only thing I would say is like, as far as like Marvel legends and stuff, it would be kind of cool. Like if, uh, they kind of rounded out the like last few, like maybe characters we haven't seen, like, like we've had build a figures of Annihilus, we've had a uh, Blastar and and whatnot. But it'd be kind of like I don't know, call me stupid, but like you know, hey, why don't we get the frightful four? Why don't we get you know the wizard and like Pace Pot Pete? I think those would be fun to have, even if they could sort of justify it by trying to tie it into the fact that those characters kept appearing on. Ultimate Spider-Man, you know, the cartoon show. I but again, I'm, I'm sort of in a fuzzy area as to what qualifies as a Fantastic Four character in terms of licensing and what 
you know, with the whole yeah. Disney Fox feud, like what what characters are people going to be pissed off at if they decide to make them? Do you know what I mean? Like, dude, it's like, could you get a wizard figure as long as he had an Avengers, you know, uh, label, <laughs> Avengers Legends label on the top or something? Is yeah, that okay yeah, yeah. or not? You know, I don't, I don't know. You know, it's like, it's like that. That's what it always cracked me up is if you look at the the last Hasbro Fantastic Four uh, set. It was all these, I, they were pretty cool figures. I mean, it was like Namor and Silver Surfer and the Mole Man, and then they had their own little set of the Fantastic Four, and then you could assemble Ronan the Accuser. Well, as everybody knows now, who Ronan, Accuser, who Ronan the Accuser is from the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, you know, it's kind of interesting that he was the Build-A-Figure for the Fantastic Four wave, which is as it should be, because he's a Fantastic Four character, but... It, it, I, I do find that interesting that, you know, now would it be okay for them to release a Ronin Guardians of the Galaxy figure if they made another wave of those? And if that's the case, could you get more more cosmic Fantastic Four bad guys under different umbrellas, like snuck in so that these guys having their little pissing contests and, you know, cock measuring contests at the different studios could, you know, just be none the wiser. You know, it's like, oh, well... You know, because uh, for me, I was kind of excited because at one point they said they were going to re-release the Marvel Select Watcher. And that's something they've never made a Watcher in the Marvel Legends no. line. And and now the the existing Marvel Select Watcher goes for pretty big bucks on eBay. I mean, you know, you, you'd pay anywhere from, you know, 50 to 100 bucks on something like that. Because, you know, there was only so many of them out there and maybe you'd be missing the base or it wouldn't be complete or it wouldn't be mint in box or, you know, whatever your your collecting deal is. Yeah, but, like you said, he's the only one ever made of that, that character. Yeah, yeah and, and so, so when I read that they were re-releasing that character, I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. Then I could just get them for, you know, 30 bucks or, you know, whatever the suggested retail price was. And then later I had learned it was canceled. And the only, I mean, I've never gotten any definite confirmation one way or the other, but the only thing I can think of is this stupid feud going on right now where, you know, they don't want to, you know, Marvel slash Disney does not want to promote any Fantastic Four stuff. And I guess one thing that's kind of sad that maybe we should discuss, too, is the fact that, that, you know, post-Secret Wars, there will be no ongoing Fantastic Four comic for the first time in a very, very long time. You know, so yeah, yeah. As far as they're concerned, they they just don't exist anymore. You know, they're 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 done. You know, for right now. It se- it seems like all the characters are like migrating to other books. Like I know Johnny Storm is going to be part of that Uncanny Inhumans book, hmm. and uh, they uh, I I don't know. Like it seems like Reed Richards is at the center of all that like Secret Wars stuff yeah, right now. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that, yeah, they don't want to use the, the the name Fantastic Four. They they don't mind using the characters. It's just you know, we're not going to sell a book called Fantastic Four and make people go see that Fox movie. You know that that that's the whole idea. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it also it also seems like that extends to toys and video games and you know TV shows or whatever that we're currently. I mean, I I don't expect to see any new. Fantastic Four DVD box sets of old cartoons anytime soon. I don't expect to see a bunch of T-shirts with classic Fantastic Four stuff on it. You know what I mean? Like, and and based on you know what went down with the Marvel Select thing and and the way Legends is being 
packaged and, and some of the waves we've already seen announced. I mean, I, you know, what would be nice, you know, in, in Wishlist land would be, you know, it doesn't have to be movie versions of the Fantastic Four, but, it, you know, it'd be kind of nice to get more future Foundation costumes for the Fantastic Four in the Legends scale. You know, that would be something oh, yeah, yeah. that I wouldn't mind, you know, even if it was just a bunch of repaints of some of the existing Fantastic Four figures, you know, with the little white... Yeah, all we, all we have is, like, Spidey and Doctor Doom, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just Spider-Man and Doctor Doom, and that Doctor Doom was extremely difficult to, to get, and the only reason I have one is because our good buddy Dan just sent me one from, from the UK. So, I mean, and that's all, you know, that Spider-Man and that Doctor Doom is it for the future Foundation as far as Legends go. So that would be kind of cool, but unfortunately the way... You know, like like we've been discussing the way the way things are between the two companies, I highly doubt that we'd see anything like that anymore, or at least for the foreseeable future. Yeah, the only reason I was talking about like you know the frightful four or something like that is because, like I don't know about Mike. I mean, I know Mike is is pretty flexible. You know, he he just likes you know cool toys. But like you know, me and Derek, we're <laughs> we're all stick in the mud. We're all cranky man, and while we don't mind new costumes, of course we do have a very huge affinity for like the classic looks of like characters, you know, Derek has said many times, you know, he loves banana yellow spider, uh, Iron Man, you know, that kind of stuff. So I, I do like my Kirby, my Kirby look and stuff like that. So yeah, I know it's not going to happen, but you know, I, I would love those kind of classic looks, you know, the bright four color comic look, you know? Yeah. Speaking of, of classics, you know, there, there were those fantastic four classics lines that were part of the, the toy biz lines and stuff. And I did yeah. my best to collect most of the figures from that, that I thought were, you know, pertinent or important. Um, obviously like one of the, the big ones that I do not have that is, that goes for ridiculous amounts of money is dragon man. Like that's one that's oh, wow. like, you know, it's it's. Was he a bath or? No, he was he, was, bath, he was just like like the. You know how you're fond of of posting how you used to be able to get a cool Hulkbuster toy for ten bucks. I mean, that, uh, that's basically what Dragon Man was. He was just this cool, large toy that, you know, somebody paid 10 bucks for. But since I guess either there weren't a lot of them in circulation or or maybe it's just like a case of the Black Widow Winter Soldier 2-pack where, you know, there were tons of them clogging up the stands and then they all got bought up. And then months later, all of a sudden they're in demand. You know, it seems like it was one of those two instances. But anytime I see either a loose dragon man usually the wings are not real they're messed up and fake and they try to use the wings from the annihilus or something or <laughs> or they have the real wings but the wings are kind of fragile and aren't as in good condition if the the, the figure is loose but still they they usually demand a premium of like 300 to 400 bucks for that loose figure and then if you see Damn. one in package, like, I don't know, the last couple times I've bothered to look, like, I've seen some mint and box ones where, you know, I'm not saying anybody's paid that money for it, but people are asking for, like, at least, like, 500, 600 bucks for a mint and box Dragon Man. And you're just like, well, sorry, that's, you know, that, you know, it's like, if I could get it for, you know, way less than that, you know, I'd, I'd consider <laughs> completing it off. I mean, some of the other figures from that line, I think, are great. Like, I really like the... I'm trying to remember what it's called, but to me, it's my my default thing that I think actually looks like the thing, like is one of my favorite thing figures. I think it's like the Thunder Launch thing, I think is what they call it, but it's it's from that Fantastic Four Classics wave, and I think it's a great thing figure. I really 
I really enjoyed that one. That was one of the first, I guess, quote unquote, Marvel Legends that I sort of got suckered into buying, you know, that wasn't out at the the stores at the time I was getting into collecting those. So and that's when you first started your, your, your descent to madness. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was just one of those things where I was like, Oh, he's a classic looking thing figure. And it, it'd be cool to have a classic looking thing. You know, I love the thing. And, and, you know, he, I think the reason why I gravitated towards that version was because there was a guy who made custom Marvel superheroes out of the DC classics uh, bucks, the builds and everything. Oh, okay. And when he put up his Fantastic Four set, obviously Reed and, and Johnny and Sue were all on the DCUC Classic Bucks. But the thing was just the thing, the Thunder Launch thing. But he, he sort of <laughs> he sort of painted his his uh his briefs to match the 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 paint scheme he used, the light blue he used on the the DCUC classics custom, you know, bucks oh, okay. and everything. And, and I always was like, Oh, those are cool. I wish I had something like that. And, and when I saw that thing figure to me, it just looked aesthetically pleasing, I think because of how he arranged them with the DCUC classic custom bucks done for the, for the FF and everything. And I thought those were, you know, anyway, I, I, I enjoy that. That was like, that was like your definitive thing. You're like, yeah, if, if yeah. I want to get a thing toy, that's him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and since then, because of various like lot buys and everything, I've gotten various other thing figures and they're all crap. I hate all <laughs> the other ones. I mean, I really do. Like, I remember Brian asked me, like, he's like, you don't, you don't like the toy biz one, you know, the one with the movable hands. And I'm like, no, I don't. You know, like, it's just like, I, I don't know, I, I guess that's okay, but it's like, you can't, it's that, that thing about face-off Hulk, that the only distract, the only detraction from the face-off Marvel Legends Hulk is that he's got those palm hands and not, you know, to use the, the technical term, he doesn't have punchy hands, you know what I mean? And it's just yeah. like, how can you, I don't know, it just cracks me up, like, a Hulk figure without punchy hands, like a Thing figure without punchy hands? It's like, I, I can't, it's like, I don't know, the thing figure from that Marvel Legends wave, I mean, I guess it looks okay, but it, it I don't know, just the fact that it's got those hands and you move the fingers around, I, I never knew what the point was of the moving the fingers around, to be honest. Like, that's... Unless they come with, like, a weapon that you could put in there, yeah, what's the point, yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially because, like, I, I, I would have think, I would have thought that it might be fun if you were going to move the fingers around, if they could actually be moved enough so that you could make a fist out of them. I mean, if you're going to articulate it, articulate it like that, that you can go back and forth between a fist and a palm. But in most cases, it's yeah. like a palm and limp hand where you're like, I'm fabulous, you know, like kind of <laughs> hand. You know, and it's just like, yeah. oh, well, what what good does that do me? You know, like, I mean, it just looks like somebody either hurt themselves or, or, or they're, you know, you know, they're fabulous, you know, which, you know, I guess that's fine if that's what you're into. But, you know, like that, that for the action figure, I'm just kind of like, I don't, I don't really care about that, you know, so. Yeah, well, I know one of those things, I, uh, the trench code, like, variant, like, so that might be the one you're talking about. Like, uh, I think he was, like, second wave. Of like uh, the yeah. toy biz one, yeah. So they the really hadn't gotten it. Yeah, they hadn't gotten it down yet because like the first wave of Marvel Legends, like the Toad had like four points of articulation or something. So 
Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they were still they were still fighting their groove. So I mean, I'm not but, giving but them even, an hour. Even like the Hasbro thing that came out that was part of that Ronin uh, build a figure wave, and then it was also reused in the Fantastic Four two packs they released. Like even that thing figure, I think, is a little lacking. I don't I don't know how to explain it other than that. Like so, I know I know a lot of people like to supplement their Legends collections with the select versions. And so I see a lot of people yeah. have that huge, ginormous, um, it, it kind of looks like the Mark Wade thing, I guess. You know, he's got the full-on pants and everything. Like, I, I've seen some people supplement that into their, their Fantastic Four collections. I mean, I, I'm happy with some of the Hasbro stuff, like the, the Sue Storm and the Reed Richards in the classic blue outfit and everything. You know, so, but... I, I've I've got the two-pack... Thing I think he came with Reed, and they're both in like the Waringo w- style. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah, Warnigo, yeah. Uh, I have the uh, Future Foundation Marvel Universe ones, the little, the smaller figures. And uh, I gotta tell you, Derek, you're gonna be jealous. My thing has punchy hands. Punchy you know? hands? Didn't did that come with Herbie too, or is that? It came with Herbie, yeah. Herbie, yeah. see Herbie. <laughs> I, I like the I I have the Herbie from the box set that they released, and and, th- and that box set also had Franklin Richards. It's it's not like the greatest figure, but I'm excited that I have a Franklin Richards at all. So yeah, I know right. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually use for my Franklin Richards if I ever like you know like want to like you know use him. I still have Timmy from my Pit Build a figure, so he'll try. Come on. <laughs> But yeah, that, that is that is a shame because like there's so many fucking characters that were introduced in the FF, and like you know, yeah, we don't know who's off limits and who's you know considered an Avenger now. But it is a shame that like we you know at least for a few years until they figure out this mess, we will never see some of these characters, and that's well, yeah, that's know, just you know sad. even even before they they had a mess to begin with. Like I, I always kind of wondered. I know there, there's this big push to tie in the Legends line to movies, which I think is fine, and it makes sense. It's it's a good idea, as long as it gets figures in the stands and everything. And then they release certain classic characters. But I, I've never understood, like, I, I guess in, in some ways, I've always been a proponent of, like, well, what's on TV right now? You know, like, like why can't that be a litmus as well for what you're going to release? Because I, I think if a kid sees the Frightful Four on TV, you know, maybe they'd want to get the Frightful Four as legends, you know? Or if a kid sees, you know, Sauron or or Blastar or, you know, whoever on TV, you know, maybe they'd want to buy those those guys in, in the stores, you know? Like, I, I don't know why that would be such a hard sell or even to go like retailers, you know? Or even go, like, the DC route. I mean, like, there's been so many, like, you know collector versions of Arrow and Flash action figures, like, you know, yeah, it's collector market, but they acknowledge the TV show, and, you know, I'm sure they sell well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what the, the, I mean, the only collector versions that I could point to, I guess, would be select versions, which aren't really the same scale, but I guess neither are the DC collectibles ones, if you're trying to match it up to a, a strict, you know, six-inch scale or something sure, like that. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, the, those are, are things that I would think 
you know, whatever. The, like, I guess another good example, and, and who knows, maybe we will get this later on, given there's going to be an Inhumans movie. But I know for years people are like, why don't we have Lockjaw? Why don't we have Gorgon? Why don't we have Karnak? You know, why don't we have Black all these Bolt. other Inhumans? Yeah, we, we had a Black Bolt. We had yeah, a we, Bolt. we got two Black Bolts, so. Yeah. But, um, you know. But yeah, that'd be great, like, have an Inhuman thing, and then, like, you know, your bath is, uh, you know, Lockjaw. That'd yeah, be cool. yeah. Isn't isn't Medusa in that set too? Yeah, Medusa's in the the last San Diego set. Okay. So so I mean, as far as the Inhumans to date, there's there's two different versions of Black Bolt and and one version of Medusa. So I guess you could apply that version of Medusa, even though it's not the right costume, to isn't to, there a, to building a frightful four. You know, wasn't I there mean, a crystal from uh, Toy Biz? Not in Legends. I don't. Oh, know I thought so. I, I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah, I, don't well, know, yeah, you, I don't know. I don't know if there's too. a universe one, but but there's a it might have been universe. There, there's definitely not a uh, legends one. That the crystal. Yeah, would but you would want too. a crystal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, crystal and yeah. Triton, Gorgon, Karnak. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tr- Triton. Yeah, you know, no, like no one wants Triton. You know, you know who I I think would have been a good figure to release that technically would count as a Fantastic Four character for a lot of people, but was on TV was Atuma. Like Atuma was oh, a yeah. member of the Cabal in that Avengers cartoon. I mean, I know I kind of rag on the cartoon, but the the Cabal is is a pretty cool set of of villains and everything. Like I I never understood. Like those are the kind of things I don't get. It's like. Why? Why not release a Tuma? I mean, he's on fucking TV every weekend for the kids to see. It's not like it's not like they're gonna walk in the store and go, "Who the fuck is that?" You know, like they're they're gonna know. <laughs> you know, like they yeah. watch it too, right? Like I, I don't know. Hey, that's a fish guy. I know him. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, it's that guy that the Hulk was beating the shit out of last week or whatever. You know, like the I I don't get it. Like why why couldn't they release guys like that? Yeah, and I mean, especially when you hear, like, all the time, like, you know, from, like, the Larrys and stuff, like, you know, well, this cartoon was canceled because there was no toys available. It's like, make the fucking toys, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, there there are tons of toys out there, but I'm just saying, like, it doesn't all have to be, you know, Captain America's and Iron Man's and shit. Like, you can throw in some bad guys, too, right? I mean, that like you're saying, the wizard would be fun to see. You know, not for nothing, but... You know, the, the Hydra Man figure that was actually released, speaking of the Frightful Four, is, like, one of the worst Toy Biz Spider-Man figures ever made. So, like... like <laughs> Isn't he the one with, like, anybody, water legs? Yeah, if, if anybody needs a redo, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's Hydra Man, you know? Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, there's, like, so many characters that they could do, and I just, you know... They're, they, I mean, it, from... I'm not a business major, you know, don't, don't mistake me for like, you know, some kind of, you know, marketing whiz, but you would think you have all these characters that you could sell and would probably would sell. Cause like you said, they're on TV. It's like, just, just fucking do it, man. You know, just make that money, you know, and make collectors happy, you know? Hey Mike, help me out. It, I'm just thinking of this now. Cause you know, we're talking about toys and everything, but, and then also about how there's all these sort of, you know, embargoes or at least, you know, decisions not to use Fantastic Four and upcoming media tie-ins and all that kind of stuff. I'm thinking, like, there weren't really any Marvel, or, sorry, any Fantastic Four represented characters per se in Marvel versus Capcom, were there? I mean, besides Uh, Doctor Doom? Super Scroll. 
Doctor Doom and Super Scroll. Okay. I think they oh, well, said and- rather rather than do any of the Fantastic Four, they just did Super Scroll just to uh, make up for it. Okay. Okay. And and, and, and of course Galactus. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, he was one of the the bosses, and right? Bosses. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's interesting though, because it's like you'd think like maybe it would be cool to have like the Thing or the Human Torch or somebody in one of those games, but. Now I, I would think you know not, not that they're going to make a Marvel versus Capcom four, but if they did, you know, they, they probably. I, I think back in the. Any the thing that's sad is like back in the day, I can't remember exactly. Mike Mayno, it's really old, so I don't know. I think they had a shitty PlayStation One game. Oh yeah, the yeah, they did. Four. They did. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, 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 and yeah, they never had a good game about the Fantastic Four. You know. So uh, that the, I, well, um, okay, I'm not going to say it was good, but there there were some movie tie-in games that weren't completely atrocious, like, that came out oh, during okay. during FF and Rise of the Silver Surfer. I forgot, wasn't, like, I know there's that one Fantastic Four game that people make fun of, because you can't, like, it's only two-player, like, oh, you can't yeah, actually yeah, play yeah, as Yeah, I remember people. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. complaining about that at the time, yes. But But, hey... Human Torch shows up in the Amazing Spider-Man games. <laughs> Remember when it was like... Great, fo- Spidey! Yeah, I was going to go, follow me! I was like, fuck you, Torch. Fuck you. <laughs> no desire to race you. you. You can fucking fly. How fair is this? That'd be, like, that'd be like if I went over to Derek's house and he was like, hey, Tony, let's race. And I'm like... All right, sure. We're both like same age. We're probably like you both, you know, horrible shape. Let's let's have a foot race. And then he jumps on a motorcycle, just zooms off. <laughs> no, hey Tony, let's race. And I put on my James Bond like flight pack and fucking fly over like twenty houses. You're like, what the fuck? I guess you win. What are all these fucking rings for? <laughs> Why do I gotta go through these rings? What's up with that? What's with all these rings? I don't get it. I don't know why they got these rings in the cities. I mean, are they like 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 you know air like you know pollution or something like that? Plague can fly through them. Anyway, oh, do we want to say anything about the various cartoons? Sure. I mean, I, I I've, I've I've covered a number of the cartoons. I mean, that the Hanna Barbera cartoon, of course, is is very faithful to the the original comics. I mean, you can even see in the uh, in Dicia like all the uh, the the issues they usually reference, you know, like some of them are, are quite literal adaptions of the, the Lee Kirby comic books and stuff like that with, with minor exceptions where I guess they couldn't use Namor the Submariner because there was the Marvel superhero show. So then in those cases, you've got those funny little fill in characters for Namor and stuff like that. Um, And then of course, you know, I've already mentioned this, but I, I have a soft spot for the whole, Kirby, you know, thing. So the the uh, the new Fantastic Four cartoon, like even though the animation is not so great, like I, as far as nostalgia and and kind of childhood feelings, like I I kind of enjoy that that cartoon a good deal. Hopefully, I should eventually at some point have a uh, in, uh, history of comics on film about the whole Thing Ring cartoon. You know, the Fred and Barney. Thing ring, do your thing. Do your you know, thing. Like that with, with Benji Grimm and stuff. Uh, only Benjamin Grimm would be like, what's a great rhyme for thing? Thing! Yeah, yeah. Thing <laughs> ring, do your thing. Um, 
you know, and then and then of course moving on from from the seventies. I mean, in in uh, in the nineties, I guess we had the Marvel Action Hour stuff, and usually the I mean, uh, you can feel free to agree or disagree as I say this, but, you know, to me, the general consensus is the first season's animation was pretty lackluster, and then by the second season, the animation got better. Yeah, and the writing, and generally everything, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that... That that was kind of you know I I mean I remember seeing like I was like all excited like oh cool they're gonna do the Galactus saga and then you know that first introduction to the Silver Surfer is just like I'm poorly animated and I'm spinning <laughs> through the space you know like it's just like okay wow you know so and, and Galactus seemed kind of stupid he was just kind of like Urgh. well not only stupid <laughs> he, it, it's like they took him eating the planet like way too literally in that cartoon where he's like licking his goddamn lips like he's gonna like actually like eat it with his fucking mouth or something yeah like, so I was just kind of like what I'm all the earth is not a fucking donut like that's not how Galactus <laughs> works guys who animated the cartoon but you know whatever yeah, he, he absorbs energy well I, I guess I'll chime in because I mentioned this when we were talking about doing this episode Derek uh, I'll chime in with the, I don't remember the exact year, I, think, I want to say 2010, 9, I don't know. I think it was like a horrible... 2000, what, like 3 or 4 or 5? I don't know. I'm I'm old, man. I can't remember this shit anymore. Yeah, there was that horrible French-made Fantastic Four cartoon that was just... <laughs> I, I don't think it was horrible. Yeah. Like, I mean, it wasn't great, it. but it wasn't horrible. It was. It was. Yeah, what I it was, was not a fan of it. It had a lot of cost-cutting animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Doctor Doom yeah. was clearly abysmal on it, but it's like they never, they yeah. never get Doctor Doom right, you know? No. Yeah, I mean, how hard is it to get a guy who like has electrical powers um, <laughs> right? <laughs> Susan, fire! It's a businessman, yeah. Check, check. He he blogs, check. He blogs, yeah. <laughs> he he blogs. may or may not be like melded to his suit and made out of actual metal. Yeah, check. <laughs> goat 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 horn legs, check. check. Okay, okay. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah, they never like probably the Hanna Barbera one, like you know, and the the Marvel Action Hour. The only time Doom was actually done, at least you know, halfway right. Yeah, he was he was kind of a ham in the second season, but he I guess he was like still kind of cool. Actually, actually, he was actually really good in Superhero Squad. <laughs> yeah, Doom was was probably the best he ever was on the Superhero yeah. Squad. Yeah, it's kind of sad, but it's just true. He was really good in that. Uh, poor Victor. Oh, I, yeah. I do I do like Doom in the the Hanna Barbera cartoon at least. Like my my favorite is that one clip I use in the one video where he's like. <laughs> He's like, I don't need your stupid school anyway. <laughs> I love that. He's <laughs> like, fuck you and your stupid school. I'm like, that's, of course, that's, that's pretty pure doom. I, and I love the, uh, what do you call, uh, when when the Sue takes his gun away and he's like, the invisible girl, I must flee. <laughs> and he just does that Hanna-Barbera run and like, cycle. Like, it's the fucking like, shaggy Scooby run. Where it's like, boop, 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 boop. Yeah, you gotta have like the Flintstone sound effect when he runs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I will at least I will go on this for record. I don't think the Doctor Doom in the new Fantastic Four movie is going to be that great. I don't know. I don't know. I know we haven't seen him yet. I just, however, 
he has got to be better than Julia McMahon flying around on a fucking surfboard. Yeah. That just, wow. I know it happened in the comics, but it looked kind of cool in the comics, and in, like, the movie, it was just like, Cowabunga! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's not there's not very much that's, I don't know, in my mind, that's redeeming about those those movies per se, you know? Like, I don't know. I think Rise was was a tad better than than the original Fox Fantastic Four movie. And then of course there's, you know, the famous Corman thing, which is, is a whole other bag of worms, okay. you know. So I, I I would say like as far as the, the, the first two Fox ones, Michael Chiklis was definitely a really good choice for, for Ben Grimm. Yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah. I think yep. I think I like the interplay between him and, and Chris Evans in the second movie a lot. Like I finally felt like they were that you know, the the sort of sibling rivalry, even though they're not really yeah, siblings. Arguing brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you, you got the idea that they loved each other, but they were also constantly giving each other shit. You know. And then I sort of despise Rise of the Silver Surfer for stealing my ending for my my self proposed power pack movie, you know. Because I wanted, I, I figured, oh, if there's ever a power pack movie, how do you end it? It's like, well, they beat the bad guy by giving Alex all their powers, and he becomes power packs and goes and kicks their ass. But what do they do at the end of the Silver Surfer movie? Is give Johnny all they give them, Johnny yeah. all the powers, and he goes and kicks their ass. Only his name isn't like Johnny Pax or whatever, but you know, whatever. You know. Or, or Super Scroll. <laughs> or, or yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah. The, the, the only thing I, I like detested more than well, I didn't detest it more. I mean, as far as visually, it was very nice. But I, for one minute, did not believe Jessica Alba as Sue Storm. Yeah, that, that was I'm a not scientist. That was not very good casting. I am smart, Reed, and you just can't handle that. Okay, I'm going to take off my clothes now because I got to be like invisible. Yeah, that was kind of a strange scene. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I don't, it's like I don't know. Like I feel like Sue's gotta be like she's like she doesn't have to try to be hot. Pretty much like she's I, I don't know how to else to explain it. Like she's just kind of like sort of hot in that like nineteen like seventies way. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I mean she wears a skin tight outfit. I mean she's already hot. She doesn't have to like fucking. Run around her fucking underwear and shit, and be all like, you know, constantly like, you know, put in situations where like I'm naked, turn invisible. It's like, really, come on, man. But of course, they had Jessica Alba, so that, like they they had to go for the cheesecake, you know. That's just guess, what they I, do. Yeah, I guess that's what's part of the contract with all the Larrys, you know. Like what? They have to get they have to get someone who can who can handle Reed constantly shooting their children with coma rays. So. <laughs> Reed, you shot him with the coma ray again. God. It's like, oh, what is it today, Reed? Like, I have to shoot Franklin with this coma ray. Like, it's like, you know, the radiation is, he's going crazy or whatever. Dad, like, silence. <laughs> coma. <laughs> coma. Coma. I think we I think we found Reed Richards' uh, special attack in Marvel vs. Capcom. I, I I feel like you've just written a new a new toy comic, Mike. I can see it now. 
Coma. Coma. I, I, I used to, you, you talked about, like, those, the Cur- like, the early, like, Stanley Kirby issues. Like, I used to love those, like, crazy, like, inventions Reed would have, just lying around to, and, and, like, or my favorite thing is, like, he was, like, I forgot what it was, but him and Doctor Doom, like, decide to settle their differences by using the encephalo gun, which is basically, like, this gun that, like, points at each other's heads it's like the the man with the greater brain power will win, and like the loser will be consigned to like limbo or something. And I'm like, well, why do you have something like that lying around, Reed? <laughs> it's like it's like Johnny and Ben try to use it on each other. <laughs> they both get consigned to limbo. They both get consigned. <laughs> it's like, God damn it, Sue! We have to go to the negative zone to save these dumb fucks again. Like, Johnny's like in limbo, but Ben's in like West limbo. It's even worse. Limbo. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the Yancey Street of limbo. They follow him to limbo <laughs> to prank him. <laughs> Get away from this shit. He's like he's like just floating. He's like what a revolt in development, and then like a. <laughs> Eye hits him in the face, and he's like, Nancy Strider! Nancy Street! Why are we re- writing uh, Fantastic Four? Because uh, uh, Fox and Marvel Fox doesn't want us to. Yeah. They don't want us to. That's, that's the only reason why. There's no other reason, though. Uh, I like our movie. <laughs> <laughs> See, see, kids, Fantastic Four can be funny. You should have read it, damn you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Fantastic Four is the first family of Marvel. I, I do think it's a shame if that means that there's not going to be any ongoing Fantastic Four book for the foreseeable future. But, I, you know, like, like we are always fond of saying, all things in comics are pretty cynical, and at some point the rights will probably revert back to Marvel, at which point we'll see this huge resurgence and there'll be like 500 Fantastic Four titles and we'll all be wishing for the time when there was just one and we could keep up with it. So, you know, I... Marvel will be like, this was the plan all along. Yes, yes, exactly. We weren't being spiteful at all. Yeah, we totally planned this, so... Yeah. Yeah, like like 20 years ago, the Avengers was not the biggest selling Marvel title, kids. Believe it. You mean when they had bomber jackets, it wasn't the number one title? Crazy! No, Insane! What are you talking about? Clean shaven Hercules is not a draw? Who would have thought? <laughs> Crazy. Alright, well, I, I, I guess. Is there anything else anybody wants to throw in before we, we move on to, like, shout outs and awesome things of the week and stuff like that? No, I think that's it. Alright, alright. So, uh, that wraps up our coverage of the All Fantastic Four show. If you're so inclined, obviously, Fantastic Four will be coming to theaters fairly soon once you are listening to this. So go ahead and check it out if that's your thing. If not, and you're like me, you may wait for it to come out on Blu-ray or something like that, then feel free to do that as well. But we hope you've enjoyed uh, listening to us chat about the Fantastic Four and some of our thoughts. Again, like I said, uh, you know, my original shout out to uh, Andy Leyland and, and his partner that do the Fantastic cast, if you want to hear more cool stuff about the Fantastic Four. But also, I, I, I just figured, like, you know, lately we've been getting a lot of different likes on Facebook and some of the social medias and different 
retweets and and shares and stuff like that. So I'm just going to go down a quick list and give shouts out to people who have either liked posts that I've shared on our shows, our podcasts, or they've liked the the posts on our Facebook page itself. So just quick shout outs to Nathan Bouvier, our, our fan holes correspondent, Bouv himself who writes all those fun RPG reviews that are on our blog. He is always very kind in sharing our posts and liking them, so thanks for that. Jan Christofferson, also our fellow fan hole, also very generous and kind in liking our shows and sharing them and moving them forward. Uh, Luke Giaconetti, who does the Earth Destruction Directive podcast, has liked quite a few of our posts and shared, so thanks again for that. I'd also like to give a shout-out to uh, Ben and John over at the Action Figure Blues podcast. They have also liked and shared. Uh, some of my friends, uh, Denny, Stogie McGruff, Joey Acoin, uh, some other folks, Robert Ryan, Anthony Williamson, our buddy on Bot Talk, Kevin Rich, also known as Professor Smooth. So all those folks, uh, even my dad. So everybody's been liking and sharing. We really appreciate it. And uh, thanks a lot for all those shares and likes on the social medias. And then, of course, our usual segment that we like to do every week on this show or or when the show is released, uh, we like to do what is awesome in your world this week. And basically that's just when we pick out and single out a certain item from anything. It could be just something really cool that happened during our week or something really awesome that we'd like to share with you, whether it be book-related, comic books, toys, movies, paraphernalia, whatever. So uh, I guess I'll start. Uh, My awesome thing this week, actually one of the things that finally came in the mail that I had ordered was a Master Asia figure arts figure. Um, and I, I was kind of holding off on this cause I wasn't sure if I should buy one without having a Domon Kashu. I kind of was thinking like, what's the point of getting Master Asia if there's nobody there for him to fight with? But it turned out they also had a Domon Kashu on Amazon as well. And it was, you know, it was a more expensive than the Master Asia, but between the two of them, I could kind of rationalize it. So I went ahead and got both of them. Uh, it looks like one was from Amazon proper, the Master Asia, so that came quicker, and I guess the, the Domon Kashu is still in transit. But it is a pretty cool figure. I mean, I do I do like it. It uh, has a couple different heads. You know, one is kind of like the stern, not-smiley-faced scowl head, and then the other one's kind of like the yelly, like, Domon head or whatever. You know, where he's I was just about to say, does it have the like, yelling <laughs> master head? Yeah. Yes, yes, he's got a yelling head. And so I guess what you can do is he, he only has one ponytail, but you can swap the ponytail from from the different expressions of the heads. And, of course, you can swap out the heads. He's got a number of, of hands, you know, kind of kung fu, karate chop hands, kind of open palm hands, and then he's got kind of punchy hands. But they also can hold his sash. And what's interesting about it is there's a couple different modes. So what you can do is you can disconnect the legs from the torso, and in his, I guess, default mode, the sash is merely resting on his waist like it would be in the show. But when he uses it as, you know, kind of a, you know, I don't know, (laughs) Robin in frickin' Batman Forever, you know, sash, towel, awesome 
kung fu whatever mabob that he does on the show where he whacks people with the sash and everything and does all these cool moves where he blows up Gundams with it or something. It's like you can basically add the missing part of the torso instead of the sash when you disconnect the the torso from his uh, upper chest and everything. And so then that fills out the missing sash. And then I guess there are these lengths of the sash that you can put in his upper and lower punchy hands. So so it looks like you're kind of doing a... uh, a, a snap of the, you know, it'd be like if if a figure had a towel and you were smacking somebody's butt, you know, it'd be in the extension mode, I guess, <laughs> if, for lack of a better term. You know, it'd be the towel extended, you know, mode that you can have for it and everything. So, I mean, that's, I guess that would be called the uh, take this action. <laughs> yes, exactly. The, the take this sash mode or something like that. So that, that's basically the the main things you can do with that figure and um and you know it was it was about like 25 bucks on Amazon so i mean for that price like you know it wasn't super expensive and it was uh you know obviously we're we're into Gundam here on fan halls and it was something that was was fun and everything oh you know what i forgot to mention is if you have the robot damashi uh master gundam it comes with a a swap out head for that robot damashi with oh, so it can like yeah, yeah do that Master like Asia the, face yeah, within yeah. the Gundam. Yeah, it's got the yeah. Master Asia face, so you can. I didn't realize like it was a, an entire head. You know, it's like it's basically like it's got the, the you know the the helmeted part of that Master Gundam portion. It's like the whole the whole piece basically. So that's the, I guess that's you know an extra feature I guess if you're if you're a loyal supporter of both lines then then I guess you're in luck because that. That head, that alternate swap out head, comes with the figure arts version. So that that All is right, my. Tomashi, you got to get to work on Funsaki first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think they just announced it, uh, Funsaki too. Like, a, but it's, oh, it's like an ex, it's an exclusive, so it'll probably be crazy expensive. But. Yay! I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Derek. <laughs> All right, so that that but yeah that that figure arts uh, master Asia is my awesome thing of the week, and then moving on, uh, Tony, my man, what is awesome in your world this week? Um, so many things to choose from. It's it's been a pretty pretty good week. I am going to go with. I want to go with TV. I want to go with TV. I'm not I'm not going to do spoilers, but uh, this week, well, not actually this week, but since the last time we recorded. Uh, Flash had its season finale. Um, this show, you probably heard this mentioned a few times before over the last couple of months. It's a really good show. Uh, so it's in its freshman year on the CW. Had a really good run, been very enjoyable. And the finale, you know, I hate to be like a 14-year-old girl on the internet, but the feels, man, the feels. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it hits you pretty hard. Like I said, I'm not going to spoil anything, but a lot of stuff gets resolved. A lot of stuff doesn't get resolved. Um, it leaves you definitely on a cliffhanger. I can I can say that much. But yeah, just just a really good season for the Flash. Just really good stuff. Um, Easter eggs 
like like crazy. I can't you know speak well enough about this. I I have said Arrow kind of lost me after Ollie got stabbed, and not the strongest season for Arrow. But damn, Flash picked up the ball and you know no pun intended ran with it. So uh, good job, uh, guys who uh, do like the crew does the Flash, the actors, the writers, the special effects are really good for a TV show. Yeah, just all in all, like yeah, like definitely picking up the the, the season. Uh, DVD set when it comes out, like, you know, I'd imagine later this year. So, yeah, definitely, definitely check out The Flash. Uh, you can you can watch it on, uh, I believe, Hulu. So, yeah, if you haven't seen it. Yeah, the, the CW does not fail to advertise The Flash any chance they get because it clearly is their their breakout number one show and everything. And it, it's well-deserved. I mean, I, I, you know, without going into too much detail, I mean, The Flash, I think, is my TV jam right now. Like, I do... I do look forward to it very much when it comes yeah, on and everything. It's a very fun show to watch. And, and I'm sure, like, the DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff, since there will clearly be a second season, like, usually the way those things work is when they're trying to promote season two, they'll be like, did you miss the first season? Catch up! <laughs> you know, like, that. that's probably how that's going to roll out and everything. You know, unfortunately, since Constantine was canceled, I'm sure there's not going to be any DVD or Blu-ray release for that show, but I'm sure Arrow and Flash and, and all the other shows that, that you know, we normally yeah. watch, like, uh, as long as they have a second season, they'll certainly pimp out a, a first season release of, of the series on Blu-ray and DVD. And, and speaking of pimping, since you, you mentioned pimping, there actually might be an episode of Fanholes in the future where me and Mike might actually go over some of these shows the past season. You never know. You don't. You don't. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. All right, Mike. Give us the download. What What's awesome in your world this week? Um, last weekend, I saw Mad Max Fury Road, and it was a kick-ass movie, and I highly recommend it. And that's pretty much it. I've awesome... heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I have to say, I, I feel the same. I, I have not heard anybody say a really negative thing about that movie. It was just a good old-fashioned time. Like, I, did, I think I appreciated that the majority of it was like practical effects, and not there wasn't a lot, if any, CGI. So. Huh, that's interesting. I feel like when I, I watch kinda... commercials, like the whole thing is fake, but... Is that just like <laughs> apparently? Well, like I looked it up, and they said like they they pointed out a couple things that were CGI, but I was like surprised that all like the car stunts mostly were like all real. Huh. Okay. Cool. Interesting. That kind of is my sweet spot. I do have a, a love of uh, practical effects. So. Yeah, I I I mean, I, when I was looking at it, I think I I know I have like that whole I don't want to watch a remake kind of policy stuck in my head, and I make little addendums and caveats for those things when I feel like it. But in this case, it does seem like, you know, oh, it's the original director, and he kind of said it's not so much like a remake as it is just another Mad Max story type thing, you know? So I yeah, it's, I, I, I kind of feel like, oh, well, that that doesn't sound too bad. Like, I'll probably... It's kind of it like up. a... I was going to say, it's kind of like a James Bond, almost. Like, it's, it's like a new guy, hmm. but it's the same character or whatever. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so... I, I can hang with that, I, I think, and especially since everybody's been saying such great things about it. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm not one to always uh, pay attention to the social medias, but n so far nobody on the social medias has, has been outraged or said anything really nasty about it. So, I mean, that, that sounds pretty overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. 
Totally. All right. Well, I guess that wraps up awesome things for the week. And this will be taking us out of our All Fantastic Four podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening to the show and our pontifications and musings on the Fantastic Four. If you are interested in anything we talked about, we'll do our very best to put some of those stories and toys and things in the Amazon spindle. You can check that out at the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. And you can also find us on Podbean on Stitcher Radio, where you can stream Fanholes episodes. And you can find us on the other various social medias we mentioned in the shout-outs, such as Twitter, Facebook. We have a Tumblr page, and we have Instagram, and all those good, cool, awesome social media ways to get in contact with us. If you have any questions, concerns, feedbacks, if you'd like to share what some of your favorite Fantastic Four stories are, and you want to also share why they are Fantastic Four stories as opposed to, like, Silver Surfer, Doctor Doom, or Franklin Richards stories, you can email us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. So thanks a lot for listening, and until the next time... Yancey Street Gang! This is Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Hey, it's Mike. And from now on, Doom will seek only to please himself. <laughs> that sounds kind and... of dirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Tony, and fuck this, I want to go launch the Baxter building into space. That's the, You know, if it worked the first time, try it a few more times, you know? Yeah, don't give up on a good plan. <laughs> Come on, Shredder. Come on, dude. Do it again. Do it again. No, I, I just love that panel from like the seven. I think it's like from the seventies, where like Valeria is like, you know, she's like, uh, I never wanted the world. I only wanted you, like Victor and Doom's like. Like, forget it, woman. Like, from now on, Doom will only please himself. <laughs> like, I have spent, he's like, I have spent my last night thinking, like, uh, my last night longing for you. From now on, Doom only pleases himself. I must flee. I must flee. I must flee. I must flee. <laughs> Doom has found the internet. Uh. <laughs> Shit, Doombot, man. yeah, like fetch me some paper towels and lotion. <laughs> I was gonna say the internet's probably in his fucking faceplate. Come on, man. <laughs> he was watching while he was talking to her. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, Doom is pleasing himself right now. <laughs> I need a minute. A Doom can pull, Doom can is a guy who can pull off a skirt. So. Now, now we know why there's such a steadfast policy on the children's bedtime. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Monkey Doom is weird. It's yes. my very unhappy hour. Yes, yes, he is. Yes, he is, Valeria. Yes, he is. <laughs> What is oh, like Doom, like the like the Uncle Joey or something? Or <laughs> it's like if it's Full House, like who who is who? Like who is who on Full House? Well, clearly okay. Bob, Bob Saget is Reed Richards, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then John Stamos is clearly the Human Torch. 
Yeah, okay. so that would... So that would, makes would, Uncle Joey... Doom, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, don't I, don't know. Know. I don't know, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't know, know who that, that, I, like, I don't know where I got this analogy from. But, no, I okay. don't know. Because, because, like, the thing is obviously, like, you know, Michelle, you know, how rude, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like a cartoon character. Hey, you guys. No, the thing's hey, like, you guys. The, the thing's like, cut it out, Yancey Street. <laughs> You got it, Reed. <laughs> you got it, Reed. Look at me. <laughs> ah! What did you do with my baby food? What did you do? Reed's like uh, got a broom with his hand at the end of it, like trying to feed, like the thing. Here you go, smack, smack. It's like Reed, Reed, like, like. Oh, enough with the special effects. Like, we, we know it's just a broom with your hand, like a glove at the end of it. 